And welcome back into Local News Live. I'm Clay Osterley, and I sure hope that your day is off to a good start. Time for our favorite segment of the week. We are talking about unraveling your traveling with Jonathan Sapi from KHNL out of Honolulu, Hawaii. Hey there, Jonathan. Hey, what's up, Clay? We're going into fall, and we have a lot of autumnal things to talk about, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I like the autumnal. I like that. That's a big word out there. Yeah, the... <laughs> Use the dictionary today. <laughs> hey, you know what? It is the first day of fall, though, and you and I both have shared our love for the fall season, of course, moving into the best time of the year. We've got Halloween coming up, Thanksgiving, Christmas... And of course, once the spring rolls around, we've got the spring holidays too, but my personal favorite is Mardi Gras. That's my personal favorite of the spring holidays. So. Oh yeah, Louisiana guy there. That's right, that's right. Jonathan, we're gonna go ahead and uh, get started here on Unraveling Your Traveling. We have some new rankings out uh, as far as the airports go. Tell me about the winners, tell me about the losers. We, we've got quite a spread here. Yes, we do. So listen up. Flying to Minneapolis, Tampa, Indianapolis. If any of those are on your list, airports there in those cities rank among the highest. We'll run through it all for you. So Minneapolis, St. Paul International Airport, Tampa International Airport, and Indian Indianapolis International Airport received the highest ratings for customer satisfaction in their respective categories, according to market research firm J.D. Power. J.D. Powers used this method for ranking airports, which relied on a number of factors, terminal facilities, airport arrival and departure, baggage claim, security check, check-in and baggage check, and food and beverage and retail options. So that's what they were looking at when they made these rankings. At the bottom of the list for the mega airport category, Newark. Liberty International Airport. We're going to talk more about that airport in just a moment. So in that mega, super, super large category, they finished 19th. So for the next category, a large airport, our own right here, I'm in Hawaii. So right here, Oahu's Airport and Philadelphia's International Airport did not do so hot. They're there at the bottom of the list. And for medium-sized airports, also here in the islands, Maui's Kahului Airport and Hollywood Burbank Airport were at the bottom of the list. So a lot of people really, does airports even matter when it comes to travel and your travel overall experience? I would say yes. I would say your vacation really starts when you head to that airport. And if you have a bad, bad experience, it really doesn't get you off to the good start. But if you get past the airport, and you are flying to one of those not-so-hot destinations that are not doing so well, you just got to be prepared to not have the best, maybe, food options or the best check-in options and then worry about the vacation after that. So, I, of course, I don't, I don't want you to talk poorly about your local area airports, but I do have to ask, why do you think they rank so low? Um, well, it is undergoing a huge renovation process right now here. Our Department of Transportation and the airport officials have been working on that. So, like, just recently, Hawaiian Airlines got an entirely new wing for their fleet and their inter-island uh, travel destinations. I would say our airport here on Oahu, just from my personal experiences, doesn't do so hot because it is a little bit aging. It was built 
probably, you know, mid-century. It's this brutalist concrete structure, and it has a lot of sort of out-of-date seating and still a lot of broken phone booths around. You see those in a number of places, which are always a good place to find to sit if you're having trouble finding a place to seat, seat yourself in the airport when it's crowded. I hit up the phone booth, and they, a lot of times they also don't have, like, working phone plug-ins and things like that. So it's a little dated. They're working on it. I promise they're working on it from my experience. Um, it's also one of those airports. So you got to think like this, and I see this happening. I think I've even seen this at Kansas City's airport, which I'm sure you're familiar with. So think of not what happened 9-11. Before 9-11, a lot of these big international airports where you were able to drive right up to the gate and get onto your plane and unload right there, well, that all changed with security plans and security concerns, right? So they had to restructure these airports in, that were built for a completely different passenger flow design. So that's definitely how the airport is here. It was meant to just drive up and go right to your gate, but you can't do that anymore. You have to have a separate security checkpoint, changes everything. So I think a lot of the dissatisfaction, it might trickle down to what happened at the turn of the century with 9-11 and what all those security changes that had to happen to totally retrofit those older airports to meet those security concerns. So that's just my theory. Again, in my personal experience, I don't have a lot of facts to support or information that I can actually say that's why, but that's something I notice every time. Well, of course, you've done a lot of traveling yourself. Were you surprised by any of the ones that made the top of the list? And do you have a favorite airport as well? Um, I am not surprised Newark is at the bottom. It's always crazy. It's always a mess every time I fly there. I got to be honest. And then uh, it's just a very busy airport, very busy international hub, right? And then um, Minneapolis, St. Paul, I've only been there a few times, but lovely experience there. Never been to the other two on the top of the list, to be honest. But Minneapolis is, has some pretty modern feels. Uh, the Texas airports are pretty cool, right? right. Houston has a cool airport. Uh, Phoenix, I always experience. And LAX, wow, do you have to walk really far, right? At those two, they're massive. Especially if you're switching airlines, you can get your steps in, that's for sure, at those airports. Um, I'd say Denver has a very cool airport, very modern feel to it. Um, yeah, I'd leave it there. I love flying into the smaller airports like Tucson, uh, Vegas. Actually, it's a big airport, but I think it always gives you like, it doesn't seem too big flying to Vegas for me, at least the flights I take. Um, and it, that's a fun one because I feel like Vegas always does a good job of just really trans. It feels like Vegas when you land in Vegas, right? We're talking about your vacation starts when you land at that airport. That's one that gets it right with giving you that vacation feel of like, whoa, slot machines right when I get out of the gate. All these lights. Oh, and you even see the strip when you're landing. Like, that that's the feel I want to get from an airport. Got to be honest, here in Hawaii, it, I think a lot of people envision more. That's why there might be a little disappointment. Like they really envision to be greeted with like lay greeters, which there are those options. It's just not that picturesque movie, like people greeting you and hula dancing and that when you arrive that you might expect at our airport. Like I said, it's a little dated and it's a little bit older. And but you can of course get lay. They have really cute lay stands. It's just not like handed out to you things like. I certainly understand. You did mention the Texas airport. I really like uh, Dallas Love Field. That's one of my more uh, favorable airports that I really like. It's just, it's a smaller airport of the two, obviously, but it's it's very simple, I feel like, too. And security normally goes pretty smoothly. 
and then you just walk in. There's a right or a left turn uh, to get to your different uh, levels of gates. And, and right in the middle, there's just kind of the central hub of all of the food options and entertainment options. And so I, I really like Dallas Love Field, so I'm glad you mentioned the Texas uh, airports there. But you did mention that you weren't surprised that Newark was on the bottom side of the list, and there's more news related to Newark. So tell me a little bit more about what's going on there. Yeah, this is coming to us from our CNN affiliate in uh, New York City. And what's happening there, starting in October, Newark Liberty International will no longer be considered a New York City area airport. And I got to tell you, my friends in New York who have picked me up at Newark are like, why are you flying into New Jersey? Why do I have to drive this far? And they usually try to make me take the City Express bus into Manhattan and uh, I always still make them pick me up sure. and it's always a process because my particular friend's not familiar with it too much and gets lost and yeah, so that happens. But yeah, they're no longer going to be considered a New York area airport. The change is coming in October and it's still going to keep its EWR airport code, but will no longer have its New York City code component. We have Lauren Dew to explain more about it. Welcome to Newark. Newark Liberty International Airport will be losing its NYC city code. EWR will just identify as Newark, New Jersey. I think it's about time we finally got our own airport. Despite seeing an airport souvenir shop filled with NYC mugs, hats and shirts, a new standard for the multi-airport cities from the International Air Transport Association means Newark will get its own pricing structure. So we asked New Jerseyans if they think prices will go down. I hope, I hope, I wish. <laughs> Optimism from Jennifer, who's picking up her family from Brazil, and from Francesco, who used to live in Freehold, not so much. $451 from Tampa, round trip. But now it's gonna be more. I don't see any the holidays coming up. It's not going to help either. There could be a penalty fee for changing flights between Newark and other New York City airports. There could be a price change if a JFK or LaGuardia flight gets rerouted to Newark. That's happened to Alyssa before. I have, yeah. but I mean, it was free because they changed my flight without telling me. What brought you to Newark today? It was cheaper. It was like $80 tickets, so that's why I'm here. A better price out of Newark and just an overall option for another Brooklynite. No. I kind of like Newark better than LaGuardia, in my opinion. The changes start Monday, October 3rd. That's Lauren Dew reporting there from our CNN affiliate. Okay, so according to a memo from German airline Lufthansa, they say the change is expected to impact airport pricing structure, but whether that means it's cheaper or more expensive, they did not say that. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. I agree those pricing structures, especially if you're going international, is very, very a lot more affordable out of Newark than the New York City, the actual in the city airports. Mm. But there is a drive, if you're going in and out of the city, it's a drive that a lot of New Yorkers don't like to take. Very good information there, of course. Uh, so moving on to our next topic, this is huge, huge news. This is something that you and I have kind of talked about a couple of different times throughout the summer. Um, as expected, Japan finally lifts its COVID rules. What does this mean for global tra travel, obviously, but also specifically, how does that impact tourism between Hawaii and Japan? Because that's a big, big thing. 
big tourism market for Hawaii, big tourism market for Japan to California, Japan to Vegas, also big markets. Um, so today, breaking news this morning, the Prime Minister of Japan, he's at the UN General Assembly in New York. He held a press conference right there outside Central Park and announced this big news. So let's talk more about it. And to do that, I want to start by taking you live there to Tokyo. Look, it's dark right now, but people still on the streets there in Japan. So these new rules will be loosened starting next month. So keep in mind, though, that's going to be good news for us in America, the United States, wanting to travel to Japan. And but it's still not going to necessarily bring Japanese visitors to America, to the United States, to Hawaii. And there's a reason for that, because the yen is not doing so hot at all. The exchange exchange rate is terrible compared to the dollar dollar for those coming to the United States from Japan. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. But so at the news conference, this is what the J Japan prime minister announced. Those rules are going to drop October 11th, just around the corner from now. That means entry isn't restricted to just traveling with an authorized tour group like it has been for several months. A cap on the number of tourists coming into the country is also being lifted. So just like going back to the old days where you just need your normal visa travel requirements. So... Clay, do you want to be one of the first people to visit Japan under these new rules? So if you make it here to Honolulu, you can still get tickets to the capital city there for under $600 starting next month into November. This is on a discount carrier, Zip Air. So I we've talked about this before, too. Like a cool way to do trips like these international trips is make two trips. So get to Honolulu and have a couple days here, then go to Tokyo and then come back. They're two different bookings. You could do the same thing from L.A. L.A., uh, interesting price number there, $666 from Los Angeles to Tokyo on Zipair as well. But great nonstop flights. I, I've heard great things about this airline. Personally, I have not flown it myself, but I've heard good things. So let's talk about that exchange rate because we are missing our Japanese tourists here in Hawaii it's a huge part of our econ economy here, our tourism market, and it's been missing since the pandemic. Luckily, a lot of California visitors and some mainland visitors have filled the void a little bit, but we're still missing those Japanese visitors to the island. So we're a no number of other American destinations. So here's the exchange rate. One dollar is going to cost people in Japan 142 yen. So that is really really a bad exchange rate the um japanese government is stepping in they've just announced news today about what they're trying to do to solve this that's still very much developing that news is just unfolding but it's really tanked the value of the yen so they're trying to do something about it so let's think about what that means so that means it's not really going to affect airfare or things like that that are just sort of built-in costs but think goods think restaurants think clothing you want to buy on vacation it's gonna appear a deal like a deal once you charge it on your credit card and that transaction goes through and the currency exchange happens so if you buy like a clothing or even a can of soda uh once you use your dollars on your credit card and the exchange rate goes through it's gonna appear cheaper but it's the opposite 
for the Japanese visitors coming here. I am not a mathematician. Those things always confuse me. But when I have traveled to places with, like I, we talked about uh, European travel right now, uh, the dollar on par with the euro, which is like a 20% savings from what it was before the pandemic when it would cost a dollar twenty to get a euro. So think of it like that. Mm -hmm. And again, it's really impacting uh, goods and services like once you're in the country. So like food, clothing, and things like that. Any of the tourist uh, um, souvenirs and things you want to buy, that's what it's going to impact, especially food. You'll get some deals there. Well, yeah. I mean, it certainly seems like... Uh you know, the Japanese visitors are certainly not getting the best deal coming to the U.S. there on that one. So like you said, they can get here, but once they get here, man, it's a really expensive trip. So hopefully we can all work together to get that solved soon so we can get those tourism dollars flowing back in. I really would love to see that. Um, yeah, but I, I would love to go to Japan soon. Like, And now is the time to book. Book now because we don't know what these changes are going to do to those airfare flights and that what, what these rules being lifted will do to those fares. I assume and I predict that more flights will be flown sure. and there's going to be more routes reestablished between the country and Japan because of this, because they have been somewhat limited because no one's been using them because of this restrictions. So that's all going to play into factors for cost and we'll just have to see how it develops. There could be even more deals, but like I always say, buy a refundable ticket because you can always change it later if the price drops. Uh, once again, expert advice coming from the man himself. Uh, Jonathan, we did talk a little bit about, uh, we saw that spooky number there from uh, California to Japan. Uh, so this is a perfect segue. Yes. Uh, because right now, we're just now kind of starting to get into seeing some of the fall foliage, some of the fall colors show up and things like that. We're moving into spooky season officially. Uh, not that everybody thinks that fall foliage is spooky. It's more pretty than anything. But right after that, you know what happens. So what are some of the best places uh, and top spots to go see some of the fall foliage for the leaf peepers? Yeah, so I was checking out travelandleisure.com, and this list is really coming from them. They had a whole list of over 20 places to visit, and I just picked the ones that I'd want to visit the most. Sure. There's a number of other ones, but, oh, man, it's inspiring. So let's run through some of them. So mid-October, Bar Harbor, Maine is a hotbed of activity for tourists who are itching to get their fall uh, season fix. They have gorgeous colors in autumn. Look at the kayaking picture i guess there's a beautiful downtown there and uh, there's even whale and bird watching there on the coastline so i've never been there but i would love to go i have not been to too many places on the northeast so moving on okay so i've been watching wow. a lot of the show ozark trying to get caught up i can never make it through season three i'm on season three now finally Took me forever to get through season two. I always fall asleep. But Ozark National Forest, this is actually a picture from the Arkansas side. But more than 1.2 million acres of spectacular scenery, I'm told. During October, the fall foliage is at its peak, of course. And you can just stroll through beautiful sights like this. Those oranges, reds, and golds. Plus, there's plenty of springs and rivers. And they say it's a great selfie spot. And it really does look like it. That is gorgeous. That is what I so pretty as like the most picturesque fall you can give. It reminds me a lot of that whole area. I've talked about it before. That whole like Midwestern uh, River Valley area there is so underrated. And that's where I'm from. I'm just saying that from my experience. I But it is gorgeous. From Southern Illinois, uh, Western Tennessee, 
Western Kentucky, into Missouri, into Arkansas. So underrated. So check it out if you have a, can take a road trip there. All right, moving on. Let's go west because a lot of people don't think of the west when we're thinking of the fall and those autumnal colors. This is Aspen. Looks pretty. Yeah, a little different version of fall. Some yellows and golds there and visitors can get ahead of the ski season and still enjoy some sights like this. No skiing, of course, but some beautiful change of the season. Also, while most people do think about New England for their fall fix, there's also some deserty areas that get some changes. New Mexico made the list. And I can see why that's gorgeous there. It has a lot, a lot of colors in the desert there. There's also this uh, drive you can take called the Enchanted Circle. It's 84 mile drive that connects many towns there in the New Mexico area, and it promises spectacular views. Yes, and I, I agree with that. There's some great uh, places in Arizona as well. Uh, Sedona area has some ch color changes. Flagstaff area has some color changes. Those mountainy desert areas are gorgeous as well. So there's your fall fix, and that's coming to us from travelandleisure.com. I miss that so much living here on the island. I, we don't get much of the seasonal change. It's pretty much 83 degrees year-round, which I'm not complaining about, but you don't see those seasonal shifts. And it. There's something in the human spirit that we're just built to want that a little bit. We're wanting... You want to see those fall color changes. You want to put a winter coat on maybe two days a year. I'll take two days, but no more than that. I mean, you can still do it. You can still put the coat on, right? You just might not make it from your car to your house. <laughs> uh, might be a little warm there. Right, right. No, uh, no. That, but, but yeah, you're absolutely right. This, this is honestly the, the fall season. Uh, heading into the, the end of the year is definitely my favorite time of the year as well. Of course, I grew up in, in South Louisiana, um, so I don't mind the changing of the seasons. I really embrace the changing of the seasons and some of the cooler weather that comes along with it. And, I, and you know, again, kind of like you in Hawaii and Louisiana, we didn't really get much of a, a fall display. There's a lot of evergreen trees down there. Though, of course, there are some that will show some color, but you maybe get one to three days of a couple of trees that change colors for in you know mid-December or something like that and that's pretty much it so as I've moved further up to the north I, I did a couple of years in uh, Roanoke Virginia in the, the Blue Ridge Mountains gorgeous fall foliage out there in yes. the Blue Ridge Smoky Mountains man that's one of my favorite yes. places on earth I love Smoky Mountain National Forest or National Park it's gorgeous a lot of people are discovering it right now. I'm reading some trade articles just about how Tennessee's tourism market is really booming, mm. largely driven because of Nashville's nightlife, but really more about the Smoky Mountain area, largely underrated for years and years and years, and people starting to find it because for so for so many states, just a quick road trip away. You're absolutely right. I mean, growing up, we actually used to take quick road trips up from Louisiana to the Smoky Mountains uh, out near Gatlinburg and. Uh, Knoxville and areas like that. I mean, that's we, we used to go out there um, all the time. And so, yeah, it's it's gorgeous country out there, particularly yeah. as we head into this time of the year. You get the smoky clouds that form over the mountains and the cool weather. And then, of course, the all of the leaves changing colors, too. It's, it is the perfect mix of weather, in my opinion. Yeah, I used to spring break there in college. That was our mm. spring break destination. Believe it or not, we'd rent a cabin and go to the Smoky Mountains and just loved it 
And I got to say, I haven't been there since those devastating wildfires a few years back. So a lot of people saying a lot has changed. Mm. So things will look a little different. And I'm sure there's some regrowth happening by this point of those forests starting to come back to life. It's always surprising after a wildfire moves through in those areas, how quickly they sort of come back somewhat of life. I'm sure there's still some devastation there, especially rebuilding this infrastructure and stuff that was lost and devastated there in that area. But if you haven't been there in a while, it'd be time to go back because I'm sure things look quite a bit different. Dollywood, always expanding, always getting bigger. People love their Dolly, and she's more popular than ever, and she even makes some stop-ins from time to time. My first roller coaster ride ever at Dollywood. There you have it. Fun fact of the day. Yes. So... <laughs> Love me some Dolly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, I think that just about wraps it up for us today here with uh, Jonathan and Unraveling Your Traveling. Again, if you're just now tuning in, Jonathan Sapi from KHNL out of Honolulu, Hawaii. He joins us at least twice a week uh, to talk about your latest travel trends, news, deals that you need to look out for, things that you need to avoid as well in some instances. So Jonathan's got you well-rounded and covered all over the place. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us today. Bye, guys. I'll leave you with an aloha, a mahalo, and a look at our beautiful island over our capital. This morning, 9 o'clock, we're coming up on here on Island Time. Have an awesome, awesome rest of your work week. We are almost there to the weekend, my friend.